to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. What a weekend we got for you. Starting tomorrow, and I know you guys are going to be talking about it on Throwing Jabs. I hope you are. Is the return of the notorious Conor McGregor against Dustin Poirier. Cannot wait. Part two, that should be a hell of a fight. And then, of course, Sunday is championship Sunday. The four best teams, and you couldn't have asked for better matchups between four great quarterbacks, maybe the four best in the game, but we'll get into that. But some sad news, as expected, another baseball legend has gone to rest, and maybe the biggest one of them all, Hank Aaron. Hammer and Hank has passed away this morning at 86 years old. Joe, you you actually got to see this man play. You saw him hit 715 and break Babe Ruth's record. This is a big loss for baseball. He was, he was a, a game changer. And even at the time of when he broke that home run record, there were people that were nervous for him because well, at the time he was an African-American, played for the Atlanta Braves, and we didn't know how people would react to it. Well, he was loved. He was beloved by all the Atlanta people and by the baseball world. So, Joe, it's a sad loss for baseball, and you got to see this man, so he was an unbelievable talent. Oh, you know, one of the things about Hank Aaron was – you know, he never hit more than 44 home runs in a season. It's crazy. His career was one of amazing consistency and production. Uh, obviously, the 755 home runs, you know, more importantly, don't forget the uh, 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 1,477 extra base hits, 2,297 RBI. You know, this guy was extraordinary and, you know, him rounding the bases and, you know, one of the most iconic moments in baseball history is as fans ran around the bases, you'll note it is white fans. Um, mm-hmm. Probably that's all who would be allowed uh, to have gotten out of the field, but, you know, running with Hank and, and what a celebrated moment that was, you know, a, as a Yankee fan, never want to see anybody that's not a Yankee break a record. Yeah. Um, for some people, it was for different reasons, and 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 that's the shame. But I think one of the great things about sports, and I've talked about this a lot, I'll bring it up just for a second because you mentioned it, is Conor McGregor. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the way uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov is hailed throughout the sport, I mean, he's a Russian conservative Muslim, and he's beloved the world over. It, there's no racism in sports. It's a it's a weird thing, um, and and I mean when Barry Bonds broke Hank's record, people were angry for Hank because they felt you know he you know, so hard to get that record. He had to go through The idea that that Barry Bonds would would so callously violate the rules to break it, you know, mm-hmm. seemed like such an insult to Hank's legacy and, and, and what he had to endure. But make no mistake, this is one of the great players in baseball history and, and just a guy who, you know, for 20 some odd years was just an incredibly productive player, no matter where he, he was, uh, where he was playing, uh, whether it be, um, uh, you know, uh, Boston or, or Milwaukee, 
uh, or or in Atlanta, you know, just a, a, a true baseball legend and, and a sad day for the game for sure. And a tough way to start 2021. Absolutely. Ted, do you have anything to say? No, no, I was just looking at some of the stats, but, you know, I was watching the video when I was at the gym this morning, and uh, the biggest thing that they took away from Hank Aaron is take away all the baseball stuff, all the racial intolerance, everything that he did for uh, black African-Americans, for Americans in general, just um, overall peace throughout the country, you know, what he what he represented more than just baseball you know um they had tim kirchner on and he was saying when he had to sit down with him or he got to watch a game or something he said it was like one of the greatest days of his life as a baseball um just a guy an analyst a guy to be around the game and you know you know that guy's been around so many greats but you know 24 time all-star you know home run king you know longevity rbis consistency but you just think about everything that those guys went through you know kind of squeezed in between the mickey mantles and the willie mazes you know with you know and everything and you what he represented for baseball you know played in milwaukee playing in atlanta the deep south you know just everything that he represented you think and you think about like you know we just had martin luther king day this past week you know, you think about where this country's at, what we've gone through the last four years, what we've gone through for the last, you know, yeah. feels like 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um, things that we talked about 30 years ago or things that were t- represented 30 years ago really haven't changed that much. Um, you know, we pretend like they're, um, you know, I told you before, I felt like a lot of things that Trump did, you know, a lot of people used to throw newspapers on spilled milk. I feel like now you start to really feel represent what people really are all about and it shows how much we are different and mm-hmm. how people aren't willing to change and how things as much as they've changed in the last 30 to 50 years they really haven't changed that much you know I mean, what I'm saying? We, the yeah, same you know, crap that has that these guys went through in sports 50 years ago now you know the sports guys may don't face it now as much so because they're so glorified you know and dad used to say why do you want to wear someone's name on the back of jersey why wouldn't you want to just represent yourself it's now it's the regular the black people the regular african and the regular people that have to deal with you know the the bs that goes on with this country on a daily basis and it just shows that as much as we've grown we really haven't grown that much up and we're still teenagers yeah i mean when he broke the record um the 715 that was actually one of the better moments i've seen in baseball history just to see those two two fans at the time maybe you got a little nervous but seeing them like going around patting them on the back it was just a it was a truly great moment in baseball history to see but like i said rest in peace to another legend hammer and hank you will be missed a great life and one of the all-time greats by the way i said there's no racism in sports i just want to clarify that before i you know what i mean i was thinking about that joe i was like joe go up to boston I think anybody who's been on a sports team and in a sports locker room understands what I'm saying. You know, the idea, and I talked about it uh, the other night at the end of all four downs, our, our college football show, the idea of, you know, we're, we're all there for one purpose and we're all working together. It doesn't matter where you come from or the color of your skin or who, what God or, or God you don't pray to. Nobody cares. It's, you know, we're working together. Um, and, you know, are I, I've mentioned this before. Larry Holmes uh, felt, you know, he was the champion between uh, Muhammad Ali and Tyson, basically. And he said America was racist and not ready for a black champion. No, they weren't ready for a, a dick. 
They loved Muhammad. They loved Mike Tyson. It wasn't your skin color. It was your personality. And that's, I think that's, that's the thing about sports. Wasn't respected because long before he became the Hong Kong King, I remember dad telling he had to have his own private locker. Couldn't be near no one. Wouldn't do certain press conference. It had to be almost like a selfish little kid, a rich little bastard with a silver spoon. And, and that's part of the reason why he wasn't well respected. I mean, it, it, plain and simple. You know, you see certain guys, why they're respected, why certain guys not. Some guys are arrogant jerks, and other guys, you know, are not. Plain and simple. simple, right. You, you get, you know, you get treated with with the respect that, that you have for the game. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, I think Hank exemplifies all of the good things about sports. I was reminded the other day of uh, Louis Castillo when he was uh, – had hit like uh, in 40 straight games for the Marlins a few years back. And they asked him about Pete Rose and Joe DiMaggio, and he didn't know who they were talking about. I mean, dude, you got to have some respect for the game. I think Floyd Mayweather's an idiot uh, and and has no legacy in this sport and has bred this generation of, you know, we're, we're, I I love John Jones, another MMA guy who feels like he's got to play the villain for what? You, right, you could be an American icon. I, I think the biggest crime in sports right now is Terrence Crawford, uh, who's the best pound-for-pound boxer in the world nasty. by a mile. And, and most people don't even know who he is. And hey, he's he a family man. He's a black guy. He's he's from Nebraska. He's all Americana, undefeated, left-hand. I mean, he's everything this country should be embracing. And most people don't know his name because he's not an ass like Floyd Mayweather is. I, I that blows my Twitter. mind. Those are the people we should be embracing and, and pushing forward. People like like Hank Aaron, who made a difference in the world. And and like you said, Joe, everybody needs a villain. Well, speaking of villains, let's get over to conference championship because that man, TV12, sorry, Patriot fans, but he's back in the conference championship. Sure, I, don't I, don't I really want to, huh? I don't think he's a villain. If, if well, you read I, it, I, you know, but no, I'm just saying in the sense like, you know how people are with Brady. You, there is no in between. That's the thing with Brady. It's either love or hate. Well, he's back in the NFC Championship game or Championship Sunday, I should say, for the 14th time. That's incredible, let alone. But we always talk about we never got to see great matchups, like legendary matchups. We never got to see LeBron versus Kobe. We, we don't get to see a lot of great matchups sometimes in baseball. Like I was saying with you, we don't get to see like a Mike Trout versus a Mookie Betts. We don't get to see games like this. Well, now we get a chance to see this for the first time Gotta make in the NFL playoffs. history, college, uh, conference <laughs> championship game between two of the greatest. Yeah, you and Mike Trout. Your favorite <laughs> and, and Aaron Rodgers who to many believe are the greatest maybe quarterback to play the game. And then you have the GOAT in Tom Brady going for possibly number seven in his first season as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Everything shapes up perfectly this weekend. I'm not even talking about just this game, but it's in Lambeau Field, frozen tundra. There's going to possibly be some inclement weather. Antonio Brown, big news, Ted just told me big news, will not be playing. So that's a huge loss for that Tampa Bay Buccaneer offense. And then you get the AFC. You get new school and you get old school. No matter what happens in two weeks, what Super Bowl matchup, I think we all can agree the NFL wins again because look at the four quarterbacks that are in conference champion. I haven't been this excited for a conference championship game since the New York Giants were in the conference championship. Plain and simple. Because you literally have everything you want. Greatness, you got the future, 
and you got the four best teams, the most consistent teams. And I have said this about Tampa Bay. They were the second best team, or maybe to me, I always thought they were the most complete team. Well, they're going to get a chance on Sunday. They beat the Saints. They were the better team, like I said last week, because Drew Brees could not do it. And I kept saying it, Joe. I kept saying it. And that Taysom Hill was a big loss. But let's get into this game. You get two of the best defenses in the game. You got star potential all over this field. But who comes out? Does Rodgers finally get over the hump? This is his first conference championship game at home, by the way. He's always been on the road. Can he finally get over the hump and get back to the Super Bowl? Because we look at it. Brady's legacy is already cemented. When people say pressure, oh, Brady. There's no pressure on Tom Brady. So stop with the narrative. This is all about Aaron Rodgers this Sunday. He needs to win. This is his best chance. Yes, they were 13-3 last year, but we didn't feel like that was a great Packers team. And it showed. This year, we've been saying to some, they've been the best team in the NFC. A lot of people have been saying it throughout the whole year. So guess what? Now it's time at 3.05 to see Green Bay and Rodgers. Can they finally get the job done? You know, it seems to me Aaron Rodgers is almost disillusioned. I was listening to talk the other day about he really wanted one of these games at home. And I thought, what a, a, a like lazy, entitled attitude is that? You get it at home, but you also get it against Tom Brady, the greatest postseason quarterback ever. So, yeah, uh, Joe, I was be careful what you wish for. Okay, speaking of that, can I take that? Hold on, I got to tell you to snap both of you. This is what playoff wins, where he ranks among franchises. So the New England Patriots have thirty-seven. Okay, the Packers thirty-six, Steelers thirty-six, the Cowboys are thirty-five. That's it. That who has that's the only teams in the history of the NFL that has more playoff wins versus NFL franchises. It's right here. Brady has 32. That's ridiculous. It's absurd. Yeah, that's but absurd. he with Tom Brady every year for almost 20 years, bro. In the NFL. It's absurd. He's been in the playoffs every year. You expect it. He's been to how many Super Bowls? Nine. He's been to 14 conference championship games. That means he's playing two to three games every year, minimum four. I mean, I mean, he's, I mean, he, I saw the stats last night. He has over 11,000 yards passing in the playoffs. He has over 77 passing touchdowns. Guys don't have that in their career. He's got it in the playoffs. So I just want to give you a couple stats and then I'll let Joe do his thing. You know, how you were saying pressure and what's at stake. So let me give you a little something that I'm reading about and I'll read it off. So I make sure I say it correctly. A win for the Buccaneers would mark the first non-division champion to reach the Super Bowl since the 2010 Packers. It would also bring Brady's 10th Super Bowl appearance, spanning three decades. Rodgers, however, has played in only one Super Bowl after losing his past three NFC Championship games and going 1-3 and three over his career in those games. Rodgers is attempting to avoid becoming just the third quarterback to have fewer than two wins and more than three losses in a conference championship game. The other two guys are Ken Stabler and Donovan McNabb, who are both 1-4. Just a, just a little bit stat that I make sure that I say it correctly so everyone oh, is up against. That's what he is up against. It's not about Brady. It's I mean, this is more probably about Bruce Arians than it is Brady because we already know what Brady's done. He's done it all. What can Bruce Arians do? You have a golden opportunity, man. You're t- you're two weeks away from probably hosting the Super Bowl in your own house. In front of now, 22,000 fans. The NFL was going to have more fans in the Super Bowl. Originally, I think it was 16,000. Now they have upped it to 22,000 for Super Bowl 55. So I think the more pressure is on Bruce Arians and Rodgers. That's what I think. That's just me. Yeah. 
the, the, the pressure the pressure is on Green Bay. They're home. But they're also the number one seed, right? Oh, They've yeah. been the best team. They seem like they're the best overall team in the of the four teams. Trev, you told me the other day before you left for Florida to go, rank the four teams. I said I would rank them as Packers, uh, Packers, Chiefs, Buccaneers, Bills. And you go, really? You would rank the Bills fourth? And that's saying a lot considering a lot of people love the Bills this week. And the Sharks really like the Bills this week. And I wish I had the stats. Well, that like Mahomes, is that only because Mahomes? No, it has nothing to do with the injury. Has nothing. If you watch the past six games, take out the playoffs from the Chiefs, they have not played crisp football. You know, they have not played the football that you expect. You know, we just expect them to come out and just do what they normally do and score 30, 40 points. And, you know, their defense doesn't get the credit half the time because their offense is so good. It's almost like Golden State Warriors where they were 73 or whatever, 69. 73 and nine. Well, not even that one. The one where they have Kevin Durant, where they seem like they're unstoppable and they mm-hmm. and then they get beat. So you, you just question are are they ready to to win? But going back to the Bucks and Packers, Joe, I I agree with you. I think there's pressure on both teams. To look at the Buccaneers and tell Tom Brady there's no pressure this weekend, he would say you're an idiot. Straight up. There's always pressure. They say there's more pressure in the conference championship game. Then there is a Super Bowl because you've gotten this far, and and you know they say it, the pressure was on the Tampa Bay franchise though because this is when Brady came there we knew that this team all automatically elevated themselves into a Super Bowl contending team. When you get a guy that good, it's that simple. You go for that next step. It's all on the Buccaneers. But pressure on Brady, like come on. I, I sound like the idiot then because I I don't. There's never been pressure from Brady anymore. There's just none. He's just well, going to do his thing. He's just going to no. keep winning. He's just going to keep winning and keep having the naysayers shut their mouths. Look, here's, here's the thing about Brady is uh, you could get, I mean, Brady could take a subpar team and get them into the postseason. I mean, and, and they would get exposed. But, I mean, this is a good Tampa Bay team here. I, I think right now we've already decided, well, well, Brady was Brady was the brains behind the 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 Brady Belichick operation. That's what really made it turn, which I still don't buy. I mean, when you look at how decimated the Patriots were, the fact that they didn't go two and fourteen, which I honestly think Bill's plan was to tank. I really do think that. Uh they won too many games this year. They didn't mean to. No. They didn't mean to. I so, think if he could do it over again, he would have found a way to go two and fourteen no, uh, because that would have been better for Bill. Brains in Tampa Bay. I I, I think yes. even, because even you can see it, Aaron's even says I allow him to coach. This is Brady's yes. team. This is all about Brady. This is all about him. This not has nothing to do with Bruce Aaron's. This has to do with Brady. He is the leader. He is the coach. You know, if he could be, he'd be split coach and and player. You could even say he's the GM, too, bringing in players left and right. It has to do with the defenses, plain and simple. You expect the quarterbacks to do what they do. But if you think about it, we're going to talk about the next game. These are both rematches of week six, okay? Mm -hmm. The Bucs beat the Packers 38-10. to They were down 10-0, and they rolled off after a pick six and then another pick. That was one of your bets with Joe. Yeah, and I said the Bucks would win. And then, and the other game was week six when it was that Monday night game because of the COVID and it was on a Monday at five o'clock and the Chiefs won, but it wasn't that impressive mm-hmm. win in itself. But I want to tell you something, Trev. You want to know about pressure? In the Bucks' 13 wins this season, including the playoffs, 
Brady's average sacked 1.1 sack per game and saw pressure on 14% of his dropbacks and his quarterback rating was 82, all right? In their five losses, his sacks jumped to 2.2 per game, pressured almost 30% of the time, and his QBR dropped in half down to 45%. So it's the same thing that I would say with the Packers. Their offensive line has been phenomenal. They, they stifled the number one defense last week, the Rams, yeah. right? They expected them. Todd Bowles is going to bring pressure. They run a lot of zone defense. Can the Bucs get enough pressure on Aaron Rodgers that when he gets to his third or fourth step that he has to force throws like he did down in Tampa Bay where those guys can jump passes and cause havoc? And I think the also big pickup is having Vita Vea back this week. Huge guy, 350-pound defensive tackle who's going to play in the center. So if you could slow down their running game, Aaron Jones. You want to know why that defense is legit now? Because the best player is back on that defense. And he showed last week his appearance. And that's 45. And that's Devin White. He didn't play in the first game because of COVID against Washington. They struggled against Washington defensively. Tyler Heineke, Heineke looked that looked so good that he's going to get an opportunity for a starting job next year. How did Drew Brees and that team look good last week? Devin White was all over the field, making plays, tackles, having a pick on Brees. I mean, he's a difference maker. And it's the same thing with Jair Alexander for the Packers. I mean, these two teams have legit bona fide superstars on their defense. And Devin White, with him back, it changes everything for that Tampa Bay defense. And you can see from the difference from the first week in wild card round to the divisional week. He's back. This team is healthy. It's going to be tough for Green Bay. I know that Rodgers is on a mission, and he looks like it's just it's been easy for him this entire season. But with Devin White back and his presence there, trust me, that defense is different. And if you, now you're saying with Vita Vea coming back, I mean, that's a huge addition to that team. Joe, how do you feel? Um, look, Tampa Bay's defense is good. I mean, look, I think anytime you you get your uh, all your pieces back, Mm-hmm. Those, I mean, the linebackers. What a difference! Yeah, what a difference it makes. A um, couple of things I did want to point out, though. Number one, you know, the the realignment of two thousand two, the the uh, four the four divisions, two wild cards, um, and what that did. I mean, that that's why that that's a large portion of of why he has so many postseason wins. Um, I've heard it argued from people, you know, a lot of those divisions. I mean, look how bad those teams were. Yeah, because they used to have the Colts. The Colts used to be in the AFC. So that means they would have been facing Peyton Manning twice right. a year for all those years. So that could have been, you know, the difference between having to play on wildcard weekend or having the bye week and being the number one seed, which is, and, you know, we, we've talked about it countless times of how bad that division has been for the last 20 years. Anyway, I mean, to me, it's it's worth noting, again, when we talk about, you know, baseball postseason records with no context, you know, oh, this guy hit the most home runs. And it, well, yeah. And like double the games. What is that like that? It, it's sort of it's got to cheapen it a little bit. And, and you you can't say it doesn't because it does. It's like a different sort of record. Mm-hmm. I'll also point out, uh, you know, in speaking about the Chiefs, which I think is important. And Teddy touched on it a minute ago. December 13th is Mahomes' last 300-yard passing games. And now in his last five games, he's got eight touchdowns and four interceptions. Those are not um, Mahomes', Mahomes kind of numbers. Um, you know, again, I, the, 
you, you'll note late in the season, there were still people that were like, Russell Wilson's still an MVP candidate. And it's like, dude, no, that was like five weeks ago. You got to kind of keep up with the, the numbers everybody's putting up week after week. Pat Mahomes, to me, came, came up short. He had a great year. Could have had a much better year. That team is not playing great football right now. I think the question is going to be whether Buffalo can run the football you, at all. Let me ask you this, both of you. If you had to rank the quarterbacks going into conference championship Sunday, how would you rank them? Are we talking about how they've been playing or just in general? Because no, no, I'm no, not the but he's not playing like number one. If you would if you would take the four, if you had to rank the four quarterbacks, not based on just rank the four quarterbacks, how would you rank them going into conference championship? Because I mean it is I mean it seems easy, but it really but, is you, you can't you gotta, wait, what there's gotta be some parameters. Uh, it, it, rank them what? Mahomes, one. Uh, Rogers, Rogers? 83, uh, Allen four. But if we're ranking them on how they're playing right now, it would be Allen, Brady, Rogers, Mahomes. I would, I would, I would Joe, I would go Rogers, Allen, Brady, Mahomes. Yeah. And that's I fine go, too. I go with that. Rogers has been so crisp. You know what I mean? And he look. if you just look at his press conference from last week, you know, how he usually looks like a stiff, you know, when he's in the press conference, like a miserable, he looks joyful, Joe, like he's enjoying. He was talking last week about having the fans in the stands, what it represented, how good it felt just to just have people feel like the old days. He looks happy. The, the offensive line is playing great. He looks like doesn't look like a miserable guy. You watched him the last couple of years. You know, it seemed like maybe he wanted out of the Packers. It was dysfunctional with uh, McCarthy. It would seem last year there was a little turmoil with LaFleur. LaFleur and him have been, I mean, as smooth as the deal in my hair. I mean, they are. They have been Chris. And that's I was one, Allen two. And you it's know, so, it's so fun. and then and Brady. But give or take, I don't think Brady's played well. I think the problem when we look at Mahomes is there's such an expectation that we all expect him to be ten touchdowns a game, five thousand. You know what I mean? Like we're playing Madden on rookie level, and when he doesn't play as well. You know, Joe, you gave him eight touchdowns, four picks, and you would be like, wow, Daniel Jones had that. I mean, Daniel Jones doesn't have that in a season. And, and you know, we just but there's an expectation that we're so used to him playing at such an elite level yeah. that anything below that is subpar. But he hasn't been playing up to the Mahomes' level. You're a hundred percent right, Joe. He doesn't look Chris. I think that toe injury has played a little factor. I also think that they have kind of just gone like riding the lazy river, and they really, you know. In football, they would say, you can't just flip the switch. Now, they did a little bit last week, but it could catch up to them this week against Buffalo. But I would rank them Rodgers, Allen. I'll still put Mahomes a little bit above Brady and then Brady. But, you, you I mean, you, we're, you know, you're, you're picking. Yeah, you're picking. You I'll tell you what, not for nothing, but if Henny doesn't get the first down there and they punt, I bet you a million dollars. Baker would have ran him down the field and scored a touchdown to win that game. Well, they get the that's one of the gutsiest calls I've seen. Not in just oh yeah, history, right, right you're, you're fourth and one with a backup quarterback, and you're at midfield. They don't get that one yard. The Browns are shaping up. Now I know they didn't have any timeouts. The Browns, but they were shaping up perfectly to go down with Baker and possibly be in the AFC Championship game right now. I was watching on Fox Sports last night, yesterday, like five o'clock at work, called NFL Turning Point. Joe, I don't know if you watched that to get a lot of the highlights and the mics up, guys. But Andy Reid called the same exact play on fourth and one to clinch the game against the Miami Dolphins in Week 12 or 13, I believe it was. Same exact play. 
three wide Trey kill in the slot. He beats the guy off the thing because they can't they can't press him. And he ran the same exact play for, with Mahomes on a fourth and one where Miami was down by five at the time at the 40-yard line. It was on the Miami 40-yard line. And Tyreek Hill ended up getting like 15, 20 yards and going down inside. So Andy Reid talked about it beforehand. I guess all the coaches and players had talked about during the week that if it came to a situation, they were going to do it. When the situation came, they all said, let's go for it. They knew – Henny was going to do it. They knew the play. Everyone was expecting. It's a gutsy call, but I think Andy Reid's playing with house money right now. Yeah. It seems like a gutsy call because no one else would do it. But he has such confidence in his players and his personnel. And Andy Reid having the Super Bowl last year is playing with house money. You know, because if he didn't get it, then no one would have said, oh, that's an awful call. Here's a different question. How would you rank the coaches? Read at number one, plain and simple. How would you rank two, three, and four? Hold on. Joe, okay. go ahead. Go on. Listen, if, if there, what's the one thing I tell you about the Giants? Is this the one, this the one thing, Joe? We're, we're sort of. <laughs> I just want to build off of what Teddy said because, look, you know, you point out he ran it in week 11 to make sure it worked. Mm-hmm. And it does. And he's like, well, yeah. put that back here for when we need it. Right? He knew, he knew in that moment immediately, like, ah, I know what play we're running. That's what great coaches do. That's why I say during the regular season, you're the Giants. You're one in six. Why are you not trying stuff? Why are you not experimenting? Why are you not taking chances? Why do I watch the uh, Mahomes gets the ball, you know, in, in a regular season game with like 12 seconds on the clock and he's throwing the football field down the before the half. Every other team's kneeling it. To me, elite teams, better teams that know they can move the ball and do it quickly, they do it. They take advantage of every possession. That's what a championship team does. That's what that's what his teams do. And that's what I think make my, it makes him one of the better coaches in the league. And absolutely, he's number one going into this. I mean, without question, he's number one. Absolutely. Number two, obviously, going into this one would be. Yeah, hmm. yeah see? See, I'm, I'm putting LaFour, I'm putting LaFour McDermott because LaFour has been here. He was here last year. Then I'll put McDermott and then I'll put in Bruce Arians last. Plain and simple. For me, it's very easy. I got the peanut gallery over here. Yeah, you know, to me, again, I think two and three can can be interchangeable there. Uh, and f- again, I, I would probably be more inclined to go with you on that, Ted. But again, I to me, two and three, mm, it's close enough. The four is obvious, just like it is in the quarterback scenario we just did. I'll tell you one thing, though. In general, Trevor, you said it to start the show. The NFL is in a win-win situation. You can't go you wrong know, with any match. Every, every year, we look forward to having... I feel like that's the Thomas, I, Thomas, I, I hate to say this. I, like I don't think you're the first person that called it. <laughs> I feel like that's Tommy. He's out of his mind. No, but my thing is, is I feel like that's the favorite going into it that everybody wants to see that Super Bowl matchup, the Bills against the Packers. No, I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of people. No. Pick it. That's people. What people want to see? No, people want to see Mahomes versus Brady or Mahomes versus. Or Aaron Rodgers, because the way they look at it is, remember when the Chiefs were playing the Patriots, it was Mahomes and Brady. It was kind of like the Peyton Manning thing. People wait a that. minute, and then oh my god, and then what? no, the wait car. a minute, what? I all of a sudden, this just this just makes a million times more sense. How about this scenario? What Bills versus Brady? Tom Brady against Josh Allen. 
Yep. Not only, listen, not only is this a battle for the Super Bowl, we're talking about the AFC Championship, the AFC East. I mean, they, you want to talk about if 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 Allen could beat Brady at his house? And for the Bills' first Super Bowl? For the come Bills on. Are you kidding me? Dude, That's Josh not- Allen, Josh Allen will replace Aaron Rodgers in the Allstate commercials if that happens. I I'm promise you that. I'm glad you brought up Bills quarterback. And, and, and if he can win this game, we're going to start talking about Josh Allen the same way we talk about Aaron Rodgers, the same way we talk about Patrick Mahomes, the same way we talk about Russell Wilson. Because winning games like this on the road and getting to the Super Bowl with teams like the Bills, where you look at they don't have a running game, their defense is not elite. So if anyone wants to tell me the Bills, the defense, Bills defense is not elite. It is very good. There is not one player on that team that you go, damn, that guy is a superstar. Shadavious White. But they are he's not a super he's had he's not had the year he had the year before. Either way, the NFL storylines can't lose. You get young, you get two great young quarterbacks in the AFC, right? So yeah. that's a win-win. You get two electrifying quarterbacks, which you think are they're going to be the next two elite quarterbacks for the next ten years, and then you get the two legendary quarterbacks in the NFC. It's a win-win. You you get the well, best. Hold on, let me ask you guys this question. Let me. I'm glad you brought up Josh Allen because we already know what Rogers is. So his legacy cemented. It can only grow. We know what Patrick Mahomes' legacy is. I mean, it's cemented. It can only grow. He's going into the hall. He's already a Hall of Famer. It's crazy to say it, but he's already with. He's just going to keep getting better and better. And Brady's Brady. What would a win do for Josh Allen? Not just and just the Bills franchise. What would a win to get to the Super Bowl mean for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills franchise? Where does he go in that step? Where does he rank among now the great quarterbacks in this league? Would a win in Arrowhead? You know, it's funny, as as you just were saying, Josh Allen's the best Bills quarterback. I was like, yeah, come on, Jim Kelly. And I no, just no, no, I'm saying, what would it, what would it no, win? I Hold on. Oh, I'll get to, I'm going to get to you in a minute. I want to get to Teddy first because I literally, I had to pull this up because I was like, dude, I was there. I watched Jim Kelly. Two touchdowns and seven interceptions in those four Super Bowls. Um, he let that city down four times in a row. And as I'm even looking at the numbers, the regular seasons weren't even as good as I thought they were. They're they're honestly underwhelming uh, in the grand scheme of things. There was 33 touchdowns, 17 picks, and 91, 3,800 yards. That was the only really great season that Jim Kelly had. But can, but um, can, can Josh Allen and the Bills win? And I'm looking at that stat right there. With well, only I'll tell you. I'll rushing. tell you why I think they can. Dimensional. I week. think I think these guys can do it because you know we we talk all the time about how important having a running game is, yeah. and they absolutely don't. Um, and again, to make the parallel, the the uh, Buffalo Bill team of Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and Andre Reed was uh, that offense was great mm-hmm. until they got to the Super Bowl. Then it was pathetic when it when it faced those big tough nfc defenses mm-hmm. so i look i think right now as as the bills defense hasn't been great it, it's been passable i mean it was good last week or is that just more because baltimore's offense it, is still it was bad. passable uh, dude again i mean you know i like i said if if lamar needed to make a play he needed to make a throw you were gonna have a problem 
And when he really needed a, a big play there, obviously in the end zone, it went back the other way, and that was the beginning of the end, and he got knocked down on the next series. Mm-hmm. So, it, again, I love Lamar Jackson, but that was exactly the kind of scenario where I'm talking about, where, you know, and we talked, what if they can't get the running game going? Mm-hmm. Again, when I can – when he, the same reason Conor McGregor's going to lose tomorrow night and no listen to throwing jabs. Oh, stop it. Dustin, Dustin Poirier is going to choke him out in the third round. Quote me on that. Now, if I can focus in and stop the run, don't be a fanboy. Conor's fought twice in five years. Give me a break. He's going to win easily tomorrow. Justin Poirier is going to embarrass Conor McGregor. If you think 10 weeks, you think 10 weeks in Portugal so training, you want to lose out of battle? your mind. Do out of your mind. Battle? Justin Poirier. Understand, Poirier beat Justin Gaethje. Um, much better fighter, a great wrestler, and a submission artist. And if there's one thing Conor taps at, it's when he gets those rear nakeds. He hates them. Hates them. Anyway, if I can focus on one thing, I should be able to beat you. It's the reason why you would think the the Bills would have been vulnerable so far in two postseason games. Hasn't been an issue. This team's been able to overcome that. All season. All season. The Ravens couldn't do it. Joe, can I jump on with you for a second with this? So I was listening to Brian Gable, the offensive coordinator for the Bills, and he said, you don't have to run the football to be successful, but you got to run the football when it matters most. You got to run the football on second and two. You got to run the football inside the red zone. You got to run the football on third and one. You got to get those yards when you need them. You don't need to be a running team, okay? You don't need to be a great passing team, but you need to, it's something that we've talked about with the Ravens. When you need to complete a pass on third and five or third and six, you got to be able to complete it. Well, Mark couldn't do it. The Bills have to, when it's second and two, and they're on their 40-yard line, and they're trying to extend the drive, they got to run it on second two, and they got to get the first down. They got to run the ball on third and one, and they got to run it in the red zone. Now, it doesn't have to be for great yardage, but it has to continue drives and 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 make the drives extend. And, and I guarantee you, there's going to be about five to seven runs this week that are going to be guaranteed quarterback direct runs. Some way or another, if it's a quarterback draw, quarterback sweeps, off, off the script plays, there will be there will be plays that will have Josh Allen running the ball, which means there will be eleven on eleven football on those plays. Would you guys know Josh Allen's ability because he's strong, he's athletic, he's fast. We know what he can do with his legs, and that's would something you, that would you guys say that the Bills rely more on Josh Allen than the Chiefs would re- rely more on Patrick Mahomes? Well, yeah, right the- now they do. Well, here's the thing. I watched the Chiefs last week, and it was third and one, and they're running sprint draw and sprint option, and I don't get why $500 million man was running on third and one, and that's how he got hurt last week. I still can't believe that Andy Reid's running him on sprint draws. Why are, He should run when he's scrambling in the pocket, not on third and one. That's why you picked up Le'Veon Bell, right? That's why you have the— that's Yeah, Le'Veon Bell is nowhere to be found. Third and one, you should be able to hand the ball up to the guy that's called the running back, Okay. Josh Allen's a bigger, stronger, more athletic guy than Patrick Mahomes. He's also not worth $500 million yet, okay? By Andy Reid running Patrick Mahomes last week, you put him at risk. You knew he had a bad toe, which is more probably valuable to Patrick Mahomes than his brain is. Because his ability to extend plays, to, to, to throw up that foot, having that toe, that turf toe, is a problem, okay? And it could affect him. 
The Chiefs have a, we talk about the Bills can't run the football. Neither have the Chiefs. We act like the Chiefs are running the ball for six, eight, 100 yards a game. When's the last time you've seen the Chiefs really run the football? They don't run the football that well. Patrick Mahomes runs the football. It's first and goal, and they're running sprint option. <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it. The old days of handing the ball to the running back and letting him leap over the top or grind it in, they don't do that. They got Patrick Mahomes, and then when the safety comes up and pops them, everyone's freaking out. I mean, this ain't Josh Allen. This ain't Cam Newton. Those guys are different size guys. So at the end of the day, whatever quarterback can make the right play when it matters most and is going to win the game because I have trust in both teams and both coordinators. I think Brian Gable's one of the best offensive coordinators in football. Surprised that he didn't get a job. Leslie Flazier, the defensive coordinator for the Bills, has been top-notch all season. They don't have – they have a great sound defense. And I trust McDermott. Sean McDermott has put the Bills as one of the best teams in the AFC in a short amount of time. And it's because of him and his leadership. And then we you don't have to say any more about the Chiefs. You know what the Chiefs are. This has been the same story. You know how the book kind of ends. The question is, you know, is are they going to be good enough that day to win football? The game. I know you love Josh Allen, Joe. I know you're, Look, a big, you're, you're a big Josh Allen guy. Uh, again, the the Chiefs, for some reason, uh, the Browns had Mayfield throw the ball 37 times in that game. Chubb and Hunt had 19 carries combined, but they both averaged 5.3 yards per carry. Do you see where I'm going with this? They they misplayed the game. Um, it seemed again it was a close game, but. Um, they thought they were going to throw the football and 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 somehow come back when when the answer was clearly on the ground. And the fact that the Bills can't run the football, I mean, they'll be able to move it when they need to because the the Chiefs defense not great against the run. So, I'm telling you, the Buffalo Bills have a great chance to win this game. When when you look at Josh Allen, he's not Mahomes but he can do things like Mahomes does. He's the closest to Mahomes, Joe. Absolutely, he is. Absolutely, be that good. They're going to need him to play out of his mind. And so, so, to me, if Josh Allen has one of those games where at the end of it, you're like, you hope you started him in fantasy that week, then I think they win the game. If Josh Allen has a mediocre game, their chances of winning are 1%. Uh, so it'll had to have been a turnover something or other. Say again. Let's close it out. Who is going to be in Super Bowl 55? Green Bay and Buffalo. I don't know who said that, but I like it. That was my mother. What did she say? What did she say? That, that was the dad. She just walked in. What did she say? Oh, she, she said the There she is. Oh, Come on, God. bring her in. She said Green Bay and Buffalo. I, I like I, it. I, 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 at the end of the day, it's probably going to be the Packers and the Chiefs because they're the two best overall teams. All right. You have questions about Tampa Bay and you have questions about the bills. I feel like when we look at the chiefs and the Packers, you have less questions about their teams. Now, will they win? Who knows? I have, I have no, uh, Trevor asked me, do you like care who wins? I'm like, no, I really don't because I have no problem seeing Brady in the Super Bowl. I don't. I, I think here's another, you know, I told people you could have Green Bay, which is always cool to see Green Bay in the Super Bowl because of Vince Lombardi trophy, you know, 
Aaron Rodgers. You see Patrick Holmes. You see the best. The Bills, who have never won a Super Bowl. And then for the Bucks, for the first time ever in history, to have the home team to be playing in their home stadium for a Super Bowl in itself is great. And then that Tom Brady's the quarterback. I mean, listen, he's the best player quarterback of all time. What, what could you? What possibly could you say that would disappoint you? What you get to see Brady again? Cry me a river. Who doesn't want to see the best? It'd be like, oh, I don't want to see the Lakers and Celtics again in the in the in the NBA Finals. Why? What what disappoints you about that? What disappointed you about that in the eighties? No, they just don't want to see Brady back in the Super Bowl. You're sick of it. People don't want to see Brady in the Super Bowl. Because it's like people don't want to see Alabama Clemson. No, let's go see Florida Gulf Coast versus St. Mary's in the blind. Yeah, I would watch. I would honestly watch either one. Uh, no, it honestly Joe, doesn't Joe, matter. Joe, Joe, you call Texas. You call it. You call it a championship. I'm still going to watch it. I don't care who's in it. That's gonna, that's how I am, and I think everyone else is like that. You 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 might not care as much or bet on it as my. That's I I don't really don't think the teams matter. I, I just like I like that there's storylines. Again, to me, Allen against Brady to, is, is just as cool as any of them. Absolutely. So I'll I'll take that one. I that's the one I would most like to see. That's the one I'm most hopeful for. I I'm gonna pick the Bills, but in my heart, I do believe the Chiefs will probably pull it out. I think maybe the best thing that's happened to the Chiefs since December 13th is they've had to scrape by to win football games that might actually help them in this environment um and as far as brady and and rogers go rogers it's just like put up or shut up time bro you you got the game at home and like i said at the beginning of the show you you also got the greatest of all time coming there to try to take it from you he's gonna have to have and again if you look at the, the game he had in the 38 to 10 beatdown, it was his worst game of the year and I actually had predicted he was going to have that kind of a game because he generally does a couple times a year. Go back and watch the tape, uh, Trev. I did. Um, I said he was going to have one of those dud games. He did. Um, I don't think he's going to have another one. I think he's going to play out of his mind. I think Tom's going to be Tom, though, and then that's what I worry about yeah. is if there's any time on the clock and the game's close enough, the, the game's not that. over in, until they're zeros because Tom Brady does amazing things. So, yeah, so I'm going with, for me, I'm going, I've been on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all season. I picked them in the beginning of the playoffs to go to the Super Bowl. I had Baltimore coming out in the AFC, but I got Brady. I got the best of all time versus maybe the future and Patrick Mahomes. I got the Chiefs again. I just, I, I can't, I have to see it to believe it with does the value every other court. They don't want to see it because <laughs> my thing is, is, I don't want I, I already know what the Chiefs are. I've seen it. We've seen it for the past three years. The Bills, what are they? They they look great. The future looks great for Buffalo. But can they go into Arrowhead and continue this hot streak I'll, that they've been playing? I'll just say this and then I'll let Joe, I'll say this. The Chiefs will probably pull it out, Joe, just like you said, because they've been here before. They've been in three AFC championship games in a row at home. So that plays another factor. Yep. And then, and I just think at the end of the day, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will find a way to make the play when it matters, just like they did last week. You know, even when they had Chad Henney. Freaking Chad, with Chad Henney. And then, they'll be fine. And then the other game, the Mahomes, I mean, uh, and the Packers, Buccaneers, I don't want to hear about the cold because the cold's not an excuse. It's a football game. Brady's, if anything, if anything you've learned, Brady plays the best when it's cold and weather. 
But here's the thing that no one really talked about. Brady didn't play that great last week. He played when he executed when it mattered. It was the defense. It was the defense yep. and Devin White. So mm-hmm. if that defense can play like they did in week six or in last week, they'll they'll make it to the Super Bowl. But I don't think they'll be good enough. And I watched the Packers last week dominate the Rams. And I think they'll do the same thing this week. They'll find a way to pull it out in a close game. But Aaron Rodgers will win at home. And then we'll get the State Farm Bowl, and I think all state and every will have a big banner at the stadium. And either way, we'll all be winners at the end of the day on Sunday. Hundred percent agree. Couldn't have asked. You can't ask for a better conference championship Sunday, and you're not going to ask for a better Super Bowl matchup. It does not matter. All these matchups are going to be great. You got the four best teams to have a chance to go to Tampa, Florida, to win a Super Bowl. Can we see a repeat? Can we see Brady go for seven, or do we get to see Rodgers finally reclaim? the throne of being the great one of the greats of all time, or could the Buffalo Bills, the newcomers, could they free, finally get over the hump? But don't I got to tell you, like circle the van like the Buffalo Bills. I would like to, um, obviously not today, but sort of explore what Jared was just talking about. Jared Jones commenting about how all of Brady's accomplishments are really only devaluing the accomplishments of other quarterbacks. When, when we're having the conversation about the goats and we're talking about, Bradshaw and Montana as being the only comparable guys to or Peyton or something no, like that. No, I, Joe, I don't think it devalues. I think it just speaks the uh, the impressive of what Brady has done in his career. Think about his age too. You know what I mean? Drew Brees looked old last week. Tom Brady looks old better. People, yeah, Philip yeah, Rivers. Yeah, old. but look at look at six, six Super Bowls. Forty three years old and still looks like he's thirty three years old. Can you imagine he's if this guy somehow years. wins another Super Bowl seven? He'll be the only guy to have done it on two teams. Well, no, yeah, is that right? That is right. Oh, uh, what? Well, uh, Peyton did no, win it. In so even the one thing Peyton holds over Brady, he'll 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 he could match him on that too. What a Brady thing to do, isn't it? One with two franchises. What a Tom yeah. Brady thing to do. The one thing uh, Peyton's like, oh, I did it in two places. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch this. <laughs> I won six here and one there. Maybe they'll repeat next year too. Well, you know, who knows? Make things worse is that if he won it in his first year as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah. Well, all, in all, boys, all in all, boys, football fans. Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy some great football and a great weekend of sports, too. Like I said, you get the McGregor return tomorrow. Cannot wait for that. And you got One more thing on McGregor. He's fought, he's fought two fights since 2016. Two. And he's one and one Poirier's had he's nine fights. Nine fights in that back. time span. The he's only loss was to Khabib, who he put up a much better fight uh, against then did Conor McGregor. You'll well, all see Saturday night. Check out throwing jabs then, and we'll have to see tomorrow morning and see what you guys have to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. It's a great card, and it's going to be a great weekend. I can't wait for it. NFL fans, let's enjoy it because soon football will be over for the next six months. And then you guys really up in Connecticut won't have nothing to do. No football, cold weather. At least I got nice weather up here. Guys, Joe, as always, thank you guys. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness and the making. 
Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday.